We are playing the hits. The man joining us, Maxwell Klitsky. He watched the Indiana game from last year, the Washington game from last year, the Minnesota game from last year. We're going to talk about what happened, but also any good from those games. And then also, at the very end, what five former MSU players will we put on this year's team? Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Spartan friends, Spartan family, locked on Spartans listeners. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into today's show. Today's episode, by the way, is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash college and they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. Gang, again, thank you so much for joining us here in the middle of June. But as you know, it's always a busy day in East Lansing. We've got a big recruiting weekend coming up. We will be joined by Graham Couch later this week. But right now, we have a man that was causing some buzz on Twitter lately. He goes by the name of Maxwell Klitsky. Uh, Maxwell, first and foremost, hey, welcome to the show. How on earth are you doing, my man? Uh, tremendous. Just got done shooting uh, over 60 shots worth of uh, golf balls and over nine holes. And now we're here, ready to talk about you? my sick, sick hobby I've been into the last couple of weeks. So. Yeah, getting your money's worth on the golf course, yep. just like how Michigan State football fans got their money's worth in some games last year, like the overtime Indiana game, That's for example. like. More football. You know what? Life is about perspective, and I'm working on being a glass half full kind of guy. I'll probably last about five more minutes here, but hey, let's let's stay tuned to find out. So on Twitter, you've been posting clips of your rewatches that you've had, mm-hmm. and not like you know the normal fan of like watching great games, like the hey the Kenneth Walker Michigan game or the Rose Bowl game. No, you watch the Washington massacre. You watch the butchering against Minnesota at home, and then. Well, the Kevin spilling the chili everywhere against Indiana last year. But you're not just like throwing all these clips on Twitter as like a ha ha look at these guys making fun of them. Like you're you have a lot of astute observations, a lot of bald knowing statements out there. But good God, Maxwell, before we get to any of that, like, are, are you OK? Like, why are you watching these games? What, what's um, no. do, do you need help? Because short answer, for you. no, I'm not OK, because okay. okay. I would not okay. be doing this at all. Uh, all right, I would same. be doing so many other things, but. <laughs> right. <laughs> but really, um, for me, this is all just a ploy to uh, bait you and uh, okay. the, the glorious Will Hunter to come back to Lockdown <laughs> for us to do a live rewatch of the Red Box Bowl. Because really, oh, good God, <laughs> if we're gonna if we're gonna put the cherry on top of all this, it's got to be with that game. Um, but no, I mean personally, just I in between TV shows couldn't find something else to do. I was like, sure. Hey, was the Washington game really that bad? <laughs> and that's how really just all this started. And you know what? For the most part, it really wasn't all that okay. bad. Okay. Okay. I like this. We're already stirring the green Kool-Aid a little bit, but like, you know, we're going to get to it later on here for sure. Like there, mm-hmm. there were some optimistic things to take out of these mm-hmm. objectively yeah, sure. terrible games Mm -hmm. but was that okay so i I guess of those three games because look you got great three options to choose from when it comes to last year what was the hardest one to go back and watch and that could be a broad question like hard to watch in terms of competitiveness or just stupid mistakes but in your opinion what was the hardest one to go back and watch for so i would say just the minnesota game across the board fair okay especially because me going into it 
looking at who they had played before, I was like, okay, they're putting up crazy numbers yeah. on both sides of the ball, but they haven't really played anybody yet. I know we're not playing our best football, but still something's got to shake out. And it just yep. immediately out from the jump was we got, it was, it was over before it was started. And in the Washington game, I mean, just in 2022 in general, Michigan State did a really good job of just getting absolutely erased in the first <laughs> half of games and then just playing catch up the whole time. Yes. But that Minnesota game especially, it was um, like you're, you're giving up an immediate touchdown, um, three and out, touchdown, three and out, yeah. like boom, boom, boom. And it was just – so the Minnesota game for sure was probably like the worst one and the hardest one to just take anything positive out of because there really wasn't anything positive to take out of that game. That was 100% a burn the film game, never look at it again. But okay, I watched it for some godforsaken reason. But So let's just look at the two games that were competitive, I guess. Like that's a really loose definition of, of the mm-hmm. word, especially with the Washington game. The Indiana game was competitive, but they were at two opposite ends of the season. Obviously early in the season, very late in the season, were there a lot of common themes with Michigan State's gaffes in both those games, in your opinion? Like, was it all like, oh, this is definitely player errors, and it's the same kind of player errors? Or was it a nice little grab bag of, of both? Yeah, so I mean, I think really, I mean, it's so easy to pick out now. It's like ingrained in our brains. But the Jerk Broussard fumble immediately <laughs> after a goal line stop on the road, I mean, you had all of the energy in the building on your side, and then just gave it away in the Indiana game was like that too. Um, you know, you go up, you know, you have a chance to go, you know, you get the ball out at halftime, have a chance to go 31 to seven. Um, and then you give up a score to make it 24, 14. Then you get it back later and it's 31, 14. And then it comes the kickoff return for a touchdown. Then you get the ball and then Peyton Thorne immediately throws it to Jeremy Bernard. Bernard can't get onto it he gets blasted um, yeah. from behind and, and then Indiana recovers. And um, I want to say they, they still really only got, I think they only had a field goal out of that, but that was just still just another point where it's like, you're just compounding mistakes. And the whole thing with Michigan state last year was the margins were just super, super thin, especially losing Kenneth Walker. Like you had to rely so much on Peyton Thorne and so much for Berger and Broussard and all, like this old line to like mesh together and work. The margins were just so thin, and there were so many times that I was just watching this game of like Cal Halliday blowing through the line, like knifing through the line, and then just yes. missing a tackle in the backfield. Yes. Oh my and then God, yeah. it's first and 10 goes from second and 13 to second and six. And that's that's still a net swing. And it puts, you know, in the aggregate when you're adding it all up, like it really causes problems. And the, the team just itself couldn't afford those like margin things. And that's what really stuck out to me was like just how thin some of those like marginal plays were. And it's like the whole Indiana game um, was essentially like, you're pressing your luck. Like yeah. you did all of these things and it's like, you're getting away. Like, Oh, it skids off of Elijah Collins hands, but it lands in Malik Carr's lap in the end zone. Like you got it. Like you got lucky there. Like stop pressing your luck essentially. And just that Indiana game, it's like, you just ran out of luck and you didn't have enough talent to, to get it done at the end of the day. I, I'm going to try to like connect two thoughts here and hopefully it makes sense. I'm going to try to land this plane, but like, man, that, that Kenneth Walker year, like my, my favorite thing about K9 was the way he can make 
a one yard gain into mm-hmm. like a seven yard gain, you know, and, and that was the the story for Michigan State season is just, you know, finding those yards or finding those inches. Mm-hmm. You want to go back to the Mark D'Antonio days and like it was a complete 180 for the defense last year. It was like, hey, all right, you got him bottle up two yard gain and oh, you missed a tackle and he's actually eight yards down the field. Right. And like th- those add up like it wasn't the home run plays mm-hmm. really. Yes, there were a great list of home run plays against Michigan state, but like an even bigger problem was just those missed tackles behind the line of scrimmage mm-hmm. or at the line of scrimmage. Like God just drove me up a wall here, but there was something that you brought up with the Indiana game. You kind of just mentioned it too. that kickoff return when it was 1431, I believe Indiana just houses the kickoff immediately and any moment of Michigan state got back. Okay. Kind of went back to Indiana's side. Michigan state last year on 55 kickoffs only had 13 touchbacks and I gotta say like I'm sorry I kind of glossed over this it it, it never even occurred to me until watching these clips that you put out on Twitter that like that was a massive issue Mm -hmm. for this team like is there anything else in these rewatches that you found as like a massive massive error that you think the fan base and largest kind of glossing over like you know just no I I would think the kickoffs are definitely the biggest thing because especially so not only on Michigan State side of not getting the ball touchback so just forcing your opponent to go 75 yards every time um just on the on the other side and it's something that they can't control it's it's the other the opposing kickers there's so many times that i was waiting for tyrell henry and jeremy bernard to like catch a kick and be able to like show their like explosive playability and they just weren't able to um tyrell henry in the indiana game um he had the ability to run one out and then he gets hit and he fumbles the ball. And luckily, like, again, going back to pressing your luck and thin margins, like Michigan State fell on it. But, like, you didn't have those, like, opportunities to even, like, run the ball out. So that was just, like, really lopsided from that perspective. Um, for the other, I mean, it's, it's so many watching pass plays and just seeing, you know, okay, the play, like, ball snapped. I already know where I'm going with it. Not yeah, even right. trying to do a read, not even sure. trying to make reads, not even trying to like it's pre-diagnosed. And sometimes it works, right? Like, you know, oh, sure. lobbing it up oh, to yeah. Jaden Reed and Ke- Keon Coleman. That's a, it's a good, that's it's a good very play. good, that's a very good, good strategy. <laughs> yeah. um, but obviously there are times where it's like the defenses know that. So it's like, you know, not being able to go through your reads or just taking what's in front of you so you can get the pass completed instead of, you know, possibly just trying to fit one in and trying to make those like intermediate throws to keep the sticks moving and keep your offense in rhythm. Um, that was like another thing that I noticed too. That was just like one of those things where it was just like, what are we doing? Like we have momentum. Um, and then, so there was one other thing that I kind of noticed whenever this offense was going to get even an iota of rhythm, they would go tempo and they were good in tempo and then out of nowhere, they would either run their tempo play to like a two-yard run inside the tackles, or they would rush up to the line and then do a wait and see at the sideline. And then Thorne would go through all of his protections. You know, the wide receivers are still trying to get like their calls and everything. And then the ball's snapped with like three seconds left in the play clock. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? That- Drove me crazy. I, I blocked yeah. that all out of my head, but oh god, the, all those feelings just You're came right. rushing back right now. Right. That drove me insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh I can't. 
I want to hold that thought there on the offense and, mm-hmm. and everything here in a hot second. And believe it, guys, we, we will be getting to optimism here. Just just give, give me like one more question. It's not all bad, about I the offense. It's not. We're going to get there. But first, hey, speaking of great things, I need to talk your ears off about bird dog shorts. These are the best shorts in the game. They are versatile. They look great. They fit great. And gang, over the weekend, how about this? It's lovely Father's Day. I'm opening up my gift. And lo and behold, what? it's a pair of bird dog shorts in the box. And I was thrilled about it yes the wife gave me the pair of bird dog shorts so hey if she thinks that the other pairs i've been wearing are looking good well that that really says a lot here i mean gang if you don't know about bird dogs they are just like lululemon shorts except one difference they fit way better you're gonna look good you're gonna feel good and you can do all sorts of activities in these things you can go out to your dinner date the beach play some basketball all in the same pair of shorts and even better than all that hey how about some free swag with your purchase go to birddogs.com slash lockdown college for a free yeti style tumbler with your order that's birddogs.com slash lockdown college for a free yeti style tumbler you will not want to take your bird dogs off we promise you now let's drag Maxwell back on to the show here. Um, it's safe to say that you don't think there's going to be much drop-off in the quarterback this year, right? I'm just going to cut right to the chase. Uh, a, lot, a lot of thorn clips. And look, hey, not, this isn't going to be a, 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 a gravesite tap-dancing uh, escapade that we're going to do right now. He had some good moments last year, but in those games, namely, that we're talking about, Oh my, uh, he had some moments. You, you don't think there's going to be much drop-off here between Thorne and whether it's Kim or Hauser? So with Thorne, full of transparency, if Peyton Thorne was the quarterback uh, for the 2023 Michigan State Spartans, I would be very <laughs> concerned. Okay. One, because I think what we saw from him last year, and even in some of the games, like even if you look at stat lines and stuff, especially the Indiana game, he – puts up like relatively good numbers, like numbers that you would look at a box score and be like, sure. Oh, these are, these are like, this is not bad. Um, My whole thing on Thorne is that he's a replacement level P five quarterback. Like if you go and say like, I want, you know, baseline 0.0 wins added or expected points added QB that's Peyton Thorne. Um, And, you know, we saw what that was like with Kenneth Walker and he turned into, he, put out a plus season because he had a generational running back, you know, biting defenders into play action and everything. And in 22, you saw the, the result of not having that Um, he regressed and sure he had injuries and he was fighting stuff and he was trying to fight through stuff, but you know, not making reads, not going through progressions or just locking onto a single guy um, really got him in some trouble, Um, especially in the fourth, there was a fourth down against Indiana. Um, you know, that he threw a deep ball. I think I posted the clip of it. Um, he put, threw a deep ball to Coleman. And Coleman, honestly, he should have caught that ball, um, you know, for a receiver who he believes he's the caliber receiver that he is. He yeah. should have brought that down. Like, if, hits, if, it, if it hits his hands, he should catch it. But in that play, if you watch it again, Jaden Reed is running an out, like, in into the flat. Um, and all Peyton has to do is swing his hips outside and get the ball there. Um, and Jane Reed is at best like one-on-one right at the, right at the sticks. And that's yeah. something that like, and also other times too, he would, Thorne would take what was just like, you know, check down instead of, you know, letting things breathe a little bit. There were so many, so many times that he would kind of get that snap and then he would just go. And then there were other times that he would hold on to it long and then just try to lock onto his guy. 
So to make a, to give you a very long-winded answer, I'm glad that the quarterback battle is between Noah Kim and Caden Hauser because I think both of them could bring at least something new um, to the offense and at least could potentially be a plus, you know, player for us. Whereas yeah. with Peyton Thorne, we knew kind of at this point what we were getting. Of course. Yeah. I mean, I've said it up and down ever since Thorne transfer. I think this is best for just both parties, you know, mm -hmm. Michigan state, obviously for everything you said, but Thorne too, like, I, I just do wonder if it was a thing where like, yes, the, the offensive line play was a little spotty at times early in the season. Like, I wonder if that just got way to his head and, he just needs it, like a new set of five guys in front of him to like just right. trust again, you know, like right. the well, ADO is a mental thing. Yeah. And what's, it has to be a mental thing. And I think it could even stem from spring ball last spring, the spring before Sure, when we yeah. had zero O-linemen, because <laughs> Why if not? you looked at the numbers that the O-line did, they pass protected really well. It was their run blocking that they were woeful in. Um, yeah. Right. And this is in this kind of, I can kind of tie this in, um, you know, a positive of that was like with this Indiana game, um, there's no Jarrett horse. There's no, um, I'm trying to think of who a couple of your linemen they're missing, but it's, it's same act Duplaine, you know, Spencer Brown, and then it's Gino Vandermark. And I think one other guy that I'm blanking on right now, I'm literally I'm watching a clip too, of like, um, there's a clip of, um, Jalen Berger, you know, breaking off a big run on the weak side and Jalen Berger had a game during Indiana and yeah. then he gets rolled up on in the third quarter. So you don't really see him in the second half all that much. Um, but there is this play where it's a backside run and Daniel Barker, to his credit, he's not, you know, the best like run blocker. He absolutely chops and washes out a lot, like an outside linebacker coming in. And Gino Vandemark is just snow plowing a guy <laughs> across the line. And it just get, opens up this wide hole for Jalen Berger. And I think you get glimpses of that, especially when you watch like the later stage games for this offensive line. I think they're they're not going to be great, um, but they were like in the hundreds of like all like li linemen statistics right. like this past yeah. year. So even if you get that up to, you know, even the sixties, even if you make it like a baseline like middle average FBS like O line, this team won five games last year with an O line in the hundreds. What do you think they can be able to pull off with an O line that's that's actually just average? And, and I think that's one of the things that's a positive is like, you're going to see all this new blood on the O-line with Samak and Duplain returning. So I right. think it's almost a plus up from that standpoint too. Yeah. And something I've been talking, you know, ad nauseum about is just Nathan Carter entering the room, uh, mm -hmm. Jaron Mangum as well, like two big bodied running backs. And just like you've mentioned and also shown in spades on Twitter, like mm -hmm. Jalen Berger had a strong finish to the season last year. Like I thought his last month was mm -hmm. very good. I'm very I'll high on Jalen yeah. Berger. I'm very I high too. him. And I, I wasn't like that, like, in September and, like, in the beginning mm -hmm. of October. I was like, eh, he's, like, probably an objectively average running back at best. But, man, like, last mm -hmm. five games, I mean, save for the last one, I think, you know, just like you said, I think he was working with an injury there for that Penn State game. But, man, like, he, he was a monster. I think he averaged, There's like, something there, like five, for sure. Yeah, it was, like, 5.3 yards per carry or something like that mm -hmm. for the last five games of the season. So, yeah, I, I, I like Jalen Berger a lot going into next year. I mean, pair him with Nathan Carter, Jaron mm -hmm. Mangum, you know, guys that can run the ball in short yard situations. Mm -hmm. Like, there's optimism there. But, like, in these three games, like, anything else just overly optimistic that, that you're feeling? And anything, like, when you turn the game off, you're like, okay, I can actually go to bed peacefully not knowing that this is going to be here next year. Um, Yeah, I actually think, you know, aside from the – the way the team played in the Washington game, I mean, there's no consolation for, 
you know, and losses and everything like that. But they got a race, but they managed to kind of fight their way back into the game. Yeah. There were certain spots where the defense just didn't have, you know, it just didn't have the guys that it, that it needed to have. I mean, you were still fresh off of losing Darius Snell and then Xavier Henderson. Like, you didn't have those two guys um, in that back end. And, yeah, like, Kendall Brooks is, like, getting prepared reps, like, against Akron, but, like, going up against Kalen DeBoer and Michael Penix is not, like, a winning formula a there. Different. A little um, different, yeah, <laughs> right. So I think, like, I think just just doing that, um, I think just watching kind of the teams and, like, those, like, kind of dead periods in the game of, like, okay, everybody's watching, you know, the first quarter. Everybody's, like, really engaged in the second quarter. And then in that, like, mid-third quarter is when it kind of, like, broke back open. The team was, like, everybody's, like, okay. Like, we're done. Like, we're toast and everything with this. And this this team, like, still found a way to keep it, like, semi-competitive. Um, and like I said, all, Minnesota is just – there's nothing salvageable to take out of that. In yeah. Indiana, yeah. Um, I think I, like, called it from the jump, um, especially after, like, the Dexter Williams, like, opening touchdown where – Cal Halliday and Ben Van Sumeren are just nowhere to be found um, on the second <laughs> level. And then X on one knee is like, you got to yeah, go tackle right. this mobile quarterback. That's like your size. Like that's not going to go well. Um, and that's just kind of where the defense was at. Like after all the injuries and all the tunnel, it, like all the tunnel stuff that like got guys, yeah, right. like they were on 20, they had 27 different defensive starters for that for that season um i think i want to say like i need to go back and like check snaps but i don't even think like dylan tatum played a snap on defense against indiana too and then he ends up like going in and starting against penn state and playing a lot um he showed freshman moments in that penn state game but he still did fairly well overall um but it was just like there was really nothing to take out of that defense in that indiana game and they still kind of found a way to tape and glue that that game together i mean they had it in the bag and they fumbled it away but yeah but yeah well i hope they made people somewhat happy i mean it, it's it's been it's been odd like it is great insight just like watching all these clips and like rehashing old games but hey sometimes you got to look back at a dark past mm-hmm. to have a glowing future maxwell but uh right. let's actually go all the way back to a happy past because we have a mailbag question uh this is from joel joel actually wrote this in like back before Rutgers in Maryland even joined the Big Ten. Like this has been in the <laughs> mailbag for a long time. So I'm very sorry, Joel. I hope you're still a listener. Uh, anyway, locked on Spartans at gmail.com, where I guarantee you, if you write a question, we will not take as long as it took to get to Joel's question here. He says, pick five MSU football players from the past 15 years to put on this year's team to make the best possible team. Assume we are getting all these players in their prime. All right, so Joel writes in, prime Connor Cook, prime Kenneth Walker, prime Darquez Denard, prime Jaden Reed, and prime Curtis Drummond. Maxwell, would you like to go one at a time here? You shoot at the hip first, I'll go after you, and then we'll just build each of our own five-person lineups here to add to this year's team? Yeah, so technically the way the question's phrased is in their prime. In their prime. And was anybody more in their prime Rocky Lombardi on October 31st, 2020. <laughs> was anybody more dialed in? No, I'm sorry, but no, the answer is no. <laughs> you are so correct. I, technically, in, in the spirit of the question, that is Rocky I, Lombardi, I 2020 that. Michigan Rocky Lombardi is the, the hottest quarterback I've ever <laughs> yeah. seen. 
Uh, um, was, yeah, he was putting those in a bucket from 40 yeah. yards out, Turkey White. It, it yeah. was like the Brady Randy Moss. Joel Best could not believe what they were seeing. Um, no one could. It was unbelievable. To, to give an actual serious answer, um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Tony Lippett. Just one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite just MSU players in general. But like, yes, you get a wide receiver of the year um, in the Big Ten. Yeah, you get a two-way guy. You get guy. You get a guy who played defensive snaps in the NFL. Um, you know, stayed at least for a couple of years. You know, he yep. ended up in Canada in the CFL, but still, that's a professional level defensive back that can play two ways. And I couldn't think of anything like a, you know, somewhat young wide receiver and a very young secondary um, needs more than than Tony Lippett. You know, he's got that big game experience. He's got, you know, yes. he's, he's got those big games against Michigan. He's got that Big Ten championship game. He's got that Rose Bowl game. Like, he, the guy's got a pedigree, and the guy can make plays on both sides of the ball. I mean, you, you took all the words verbatim <laughs> out of my mouth. He was on my list. I was going to get to Tony yep. Lippett eventually. But, yeah, it's like mm-hmm. when I think of glaring issues on Michigan State's team this year, it's, you know, the, the receiver has a lot of great athletes. I just have no idea how it's going to shake out. We know so little about these guys mm-hmm. in game. They're like, yeah, okay, we'll just have the former Big Ten receiver of the year. Right. Seems right. fair enough. And then, oh, yeah, and the guy, just like you said, drafted as defensive back. So, yeah, because MSU, look, I, I'm going to need to see good defensive back play before I am convinced that, hey, it's going to be okay. Throw Tony Lippett there as well. Right. So, if you just want to go ahead and write off number two, let's see if we can get another match here. <laughs> uh, let's see. I'm sure I'm sure we are going to have some overlap. Um, I'm going to go with yeah. one that doesn't have any – that I don't think will have any overlap. I'm going to go with newly New England Patriot drafted Bryce Baringer. I like that. Okay. I like that a lot, actually. So, you know, I've said one good thing on the timeline about Rossells, and he's made me pay for it <laughs> ever since. Uh, and it's a big time year for that man. You know, the oh, NBA game especially, yeah. <laughs> special yeah. teams gaffes galore. You know, not being able to get touchbacks, miss field goals, you know, kick coverage, punt coverage issues, you know, even going back to when he started in 2020, he needs a sure thing in that, in that room somewhere in the specialist room. You know, I'm hopefully, hopefully Jonathan Kim is that answer in place kicking and kicking who knows, you know, know. you know, maybe, maybe Jonathan is the him that we've all been, you know, we've all been missing really, but you know, to bring Bryce, to bring Bryce Baringer back would be huge. You know, he can actually win that that Ray Guy award that was uh, that now means next to nothing after uh, Bryce was yeah. snubbed this past year. Yeah. But yeah, that's just a sure thing, because as much as I love, you know, the potential of this offense, we're going to be punting the ball and we're going to need to punt the oh, yeah. ball. Well, sure. So we're a big Bryce, 10 team at the end of the day. Yeah, right. 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 So we, we got to call Belichick back and, and get Bryce back for 2023. Can, can I can I cheat and just go to Joel? Because me, me and Joel overlap on mm-hmm. two of these guys, and they're very recent guys. Like, K-9, look, I I mean, I, I agree that, like, running backs are a very interchangeable position, especially, you know, in the NFL and all that stuff, and, you know, kind of in college as well. But, I mean, quite literally a generational talent at oh, running back for Michigan State. Like, I, yeah, so I'm going to have to add K-9. Like, that's, that's just on the answer he, key right there. He would have been on my list, but in terms of, you know, production and and run of show value i, sure. I thought to <laughs> right. thought to add somebody so a few different guys to it so we had something to talk about but yeah, yeah. is like 
consensus like first name off the board in this yeah. in this hypothetical. And, and that's why I also feel bad. Yeah, I'm, I'm just ruining the, the run of show of my own program here. Uh, <laughs> is, is also having Jaden Reed too. Like, I mean, what did we talk about 20 minutes ago? You know, what one of the best places Michigan State was the effort. Jaden Reed is down yeah, there somewhere. Right. Pull the pin out, throw the throw the grenade, and he's he's gonna he's gonna imagine, catch him, man. Yeah, and imagine like you know a guy like Noah Kim who's shown ability to hit a guy in stride. You know, imagine <laughs> imagine that. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's just that, but also, and maybe I'm just too wrapped up in this mystique. I don't think I am, but like just what he did for the return game too. Yeah, because I remember how gloomy those days were in the decade leading up to Jaden Reed coming here. Like it, there wasn't a lot of flash for Michigan State in the return game. I so think like, Brad, I think Sowards is still in that room. I think he's still. Don't do this. <laughs> he's still. I think he has another year. <sighs> Try to keep Don't vibes up, beat time. We got Showtime. We got Showtime. Tyrell. We're good. <laughs> I love Tyrell Henry. Like I, I think I. Think I'm very high special. on him as well. <laughs> I do, but I do know for a fact that at least Jaden Reed is that yes. special. So. I'm at Tony Lippett. I'm at Kenneth Walker and I'm at Jaden Reed right now. And like, I really don't want to take three from Joel's list. Like, but dark West Denard is really appealing, but I do have two more, but I got to say like your Behringer pick like has really made me double think. Mm -hmm. Like, should I have Geiger on this list? Like, should I have? So I debated about putting Geiger on this list, but but I'm going to give, I'm going to give Jonathan Kim a chance. Okay. That's good. That's good of you. I like that. You know, for, for who he was, Coglin, you know, for as memeable as he was, and for yeah. you know the Arizona State kicks, like those two games, not great. He really tainted a lot of his like legacy in in fans' minds. At least he was a uh, good, yes. he was above average college yeah. kicker, and that's really yes. all you can. Because at the end he of the day, they're all college average. kickers. They're Thank all college you. kickers. That is that's unfortunately one of the best takes I've ever had on here, and like it actually really showed how true it was because before the season I was like we might be begging for an average kicker like mm-hmm. Coglin by the time the season ends right. and well Maxwell we, we don't get him all right on this show but like damn it we got that one unfortunately go. right so woo but yeah I mean it's just yeah yeah um so anyway with, anyway yeah. yeah so with my oh I can I can talk about that kick forever uh we would need a whole nother show to just talk about <laughs> those kicks um so I'm just going to keep it moving. Um, my next sure. pick, um, a little bit of trenches, Jack Conklin. Yeah, I like that a lot. All I pro, like a lot, actually. Yeah, all lineman, shores up that left tackle spot. You know, I like, um, you know, Keyshawn Black, uh, Blacksock, you know, sure. or Brandon Baldwin, like their potential at that spot. But just knowing that you'd like, boom, left tackle, blindside's done, taken care of rotate everybody else in you know the other four or whatever you have to do you know all pro eighth pick overall like it's an it's a no-brainer especially with where this team wants to go they still want to run the ball and they have to have a good offensive line to run the ball because they're not going to get a generational talent you know in three years they're not going to get two in three years so so that guy we need jack back yeah, no, I, you know, I had Jack Hoglin written down. I, I just scratched him off and, and I just moved my sixth guy in, into five. Um, I do like the idea of the safety from Joel. You know, I, I, I do mm-hmm. like the idea of, of taking uh, Curtis Drummond. I'm going to go with a different one, though. 
Kari Willis. I'm going to go with Kari Willis here. Obviously, you know, the safety position Mm -hmm. showed some promise last year, you know, with the two young guys, but still like a veteran and by all accounts, a tremendous leader of the team too. Oh yeah. I mean, look, we saw what a vocal leader like Xavier Henderson means to the team last year, but I mean, Kari was that, but more athletically gifted as well. So I'm going to Mm -hmm. go with Kari Willis. Yeah. Kari was, Kari was on my list too. He was probably about like six or seven on my list. I was thinking about adding the safety just for the, all the same points that you were saying about like, you know, just leadership and a guy that knows what they're doing in the back yeah. there and can have the body type and skills to back that up too is great. Um, but there were some other guys on my list that I just thought would be better. Sure. sure. Um, so with that, you know, on the other side of the trenches, Jarrell Worthy. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite of all, all time. Yeah, yeah, that's that's excellent. Just I love eating that. blocks in the middle. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, again, love what Simeon can do this upcoming year, like Derek Harmon's like, I'm very high on him too. I think yes. he's he's going to end up looking as like one of the best players from that 21 class, that Zoom oh, yeah. class that's just slowly falling apart at the seams because it's like, how can you recruit guys over Zoom? It's hard to do. Yeah. It's going to be tough to hit on guys. Um, but yeah, just eating blocks, being able to do any rotation of the three of them would just give the edge guys that have so much talent and potential, like so much more, you know, ability to just tee off. And then you don't have to worry about, you know, stack and send an extra linebackers in the box or anything like that in the run game. It's just, it's just trenches are incredibly important on both sides. I know this is controversial, but yeah, <laughs> they're important. Coming out swinging there. They're important. <laughs> Um, for, for my last pick, uh, this is going to surprise absolutely no one that's listened to even five minutes of the show before, but uh, it, it's it's Captain Kirk, uh, my favorite Spartan of all time. So uh, how about a leader on the defense in Kari Willis? Well, how about just a leader of a, of a full team in Kirk Cousins? Yeah. So just simple as that. Look, hey, I, you know, I, I feel good about Noah Kim. I feel good about Kaden Hauser, but I feel great about my man Kirk Cousins back in the fold here. So Maxwell, who's your last one? Take my last one, um, kind of a dark horse Denico's allen oh yeah that is dark horse i like that though yeah just just an absolute athlete in the linebacker spot um you know again not to discredit you know the work that cal um you know jacoby winman is probably going to be back in that spot in 2023 yeah. and aaron brule when he actually was put in the linebacker position like showed flashes of being able to do well but i think like even a guy like Denico's like even if he's a linebacker or even if you put him at that like nickel position um, that we just, the defense still hasn't really been able to figure it out since we've had it um, just like getting flashes of that fourth down stop in the big 10 championship yeah. game of just him coming across and just stopping just at, that's just athlete versus athlete and more want to than you to bring a yep. guy down. And that's something I think that just like, that's one of the things I felt was just like missing in that defense. Um, I think all the guys like wanted to succeed obviously, but it just never felt like there was that, that one true guy that was like, I'm going to just destroy myself. And I have that one too, to kind of like just make a play happen. Um, and, you know, maybe one of the guys, one, maybe one of the thousand players that got injured, like had that. Um, I think Jacoby like showed that at times in his play, but I think Danico's kind of really just showed it in his like swagger um you know in between plays as well so no doubt 
no yeah. doubt. Well, hey, there you go. So you got uh, Rocky Lombardi as as your uh, your quarterback. That, I'll, that's, I'll that's give him an honorable mention. That's an honorable. Yeah, there mention. we go. <laughs> I, I like that. Tony Lippett, Bryce Berenger, Jack Coughlin, Drell Worthy, Nikos Allen. I went with uh, yeah, just like you, Tony Lippett, Kenneth Walker, Jaden Reed, uh, Kirk Cousins, and Kari Willis as well. But there's just like so many left off here, like you know Max Bola, for example, or. I, William Golston, I have a really hard time mm-hmm. leaving off. Malik McDowell in his heyday was uh, amazing Jer- as well. Jeremy Langford is my, oh, is geez, my big sure. one. Yeah. God, that's – or my oh, – this is this is really going to just hurt saying out loud because I loved Aaron Burbridge almost more than life. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, 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 I went with Reed instead. It's just that return mm-hmm. game. We're also another guy that I loved, Felton Davis. I mean, I it, it brings me no joy to leave him off the list. But, like, yeah, no shortage of great guys to add to this year's team in the last 15 years. Right. So, but. Maxwell, this is awesome, man. This was absolutely sensational. Thanks for all just the absolute filthy work you're doing out there. Um, where where can the people find you to come look at these clips and also just yell at you if you brought up horrible um, Just just yell time. at me on Twitter, please. Sure. Uh, okay. Just not your house. Okay. No, please do not show up in my house. Um, <laughs> okay, I know I'm very conspicuous, very hard to find. Um, <laughs> please just. Yell at me on Twitter. I'm fine. Okay. It's not a real place. I make jokes there all the time. I don't take it seriously. Um, just please, just just yell at me there. That's all okay. I really got. All right. Well, there you go, whole gang. Hey, we will catch you later. Uh, next show will be Thursday night on YouTube, Friday morning on the podcast. We will have the one, the only friend of the program, Grant Graham Couch. Now, until then, enjoy the rest of your day. Love you all. Go Green.